0: Section four of the Wit and Humor of America, Volume Nine. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Marty Chris, The Gusher, by Charles BATTELLE Loomis. Of course an afternoon tea is not to be taken seriously, and I hold that any kind of conversation goes as long as it is properly vacuous and irrelevant. One meets many kinds of afternoon teas—the bored, the bashful, the intense, and, once in a while, the interesting. But for pure delight there is nothing quite equals the gusher. She is generally very pretty nature insists on compensations when you meet a real gusher one born to gush you can just throw all bounds of probability aside and say the first thing that comes into your head sure that it will meet with an appreciative burst of enthusiasm for your true gusher is nothing if she is not enthusiastic there are those who listen to everything you say and punctuate it with yes 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 until the sibilance gets on your nerves but the attention of the simon pure gusher is purely subconscious she could not repeat a thing of what you have told her a half a minute after hearing it her real attention is on something else all the while perhaps on the gowns of her neighbors perhaps on the reflection of her pretty face but never on the conversation and why should it be is a tea a place for the exercise of concentration perish the thought you are presented to her as mr Hmm, and she is delighted and smiles so ravishingly that you wish you were twenty years younger You do not yet know that she is a gusher. But her first remark labels her, just to test her, for there is something in the animation of her face and the far-awayness of the eye that makes you suspect her sincerity. You say, "'I happen to have six children.' "'Oh, how perfectly dear! How old are they?' She scans the gown of a woman who has just entered the room, and, being quite sure that she is engaged in a mental valuation of it, you say, They're all of them six. Oh, how lovely! Her unseeing eyes look you in the face, just at the right age to be companions. Uh, Yes, all but one the eye has wandered to another gown but the sympathetic voice says oh what a pity yes isn't it but he's quite healthy it's a game now fair game and you're glad you came to the tea healthy you say how nice it's perfectly lovely to be healthy do you live in the country not exactly the country we live in madison square under the trees oh how perfectly idyllic yes we have all the advantages of the city and the delights of the country I got a permit from the board of education to put up a little bungalow alongside the worth monument and the children bathe in the fountain every morning when the weather is cold enough how charming! How many children have you?' "'Only seven. The oldest is five, and the youngest is six. "'Just the interesting age, don't you think? Children fascinating!' Again, the roaming eye and the vivacious smile. "'Yes, indeed. My oldest, he's fourteen, and quite original. He says that when he grows up, he doesn't know what he'll be.' really how cute yes he says it every morning a half hour before breakfast fancy how old did you say he was just seventeen but perfectly girl-like and masculine she nods her head bows to an acquaintance in a distant part of the room and murmurs in musical sympathetic tones that's an adorable age what, thirteen? Yes! Did you say it was a girl? Uh, yes, his name is Ethel. He's a great help to her mother. Little darling! Yes, I tell them there may be city advantages, but I think they're much better off where they are. Where did you say they were? "'On the Connecticut shore. "'You see, having only one child, "'Mrs. Smith is very anxious that it should grow up healthy. "'Absent-minded nods, indicative of full attention. "'And so little Ronald never comes to the city at all. "'He plays with a fisherman's child "'and gets great drafts of fresh air. "'Oh, how perfectly entrancing! "'You're quite a poet!' "'No, I'm a painter.' Now she is really attentive. She thought you were just an ordinary beast, and she finds that you may be a lion. Smith? Perhaps you're Hopkinson Smith. Oh, do you paint? How perfectly adorable! What do you paint, landscapes or portraits? Again, the eye wanders, and she inventories a dress, and you say, Oils do you ever allow visitors to come to your studio why i never prevent them but i'm so afraid it will bore them that i never ask them oh how could anybody be bored at anything but everyone hasn't your enthusiasm my studio is in the top of the madison square tower and i never see a soul from week's end to week's end Oh, then you're not married uh, dear no a man who is wedded to his art mustn't commit bigamy oh how clever so you're a bachelor yes but i have my wife for a chaperone and i'd be delighted to have you come and take tea with us some saturday from six until three perfectly delighted her eye now catches sight of an acquaintance just coming in and as you prepare to leave her you say hope you don't mind a little artistic unconventionality we always have beer at our teas served with sugar and lemons the russian fashion oh i think it's much better than cream i adore unconventionality you're very glad you met me i'm sure Awfully good of you to say so anything goes at an afternoon tea, but it's better not to go End of The Gusher Reading by Marty Chris